everybody, or as my daughter has become fond of saying, hello. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to another wonderful Friday episode of Kick-Ass Career Conversations with Louise. That's me. And Kim. That would be me. And Heidi. Hi. We have Heidi with us today. Now, for those of you who listen often, Heidi has been on the show before, just not live and in person this way. She has been wonderful in terms of sharing her thoughts that we have then shared out with you. So we're excited to have her here live and in person with us. Oh, I am so excited. This is my very first live seen hearing podcast, and I'm just honored to be here with you. Well, we are so excited to have you here. Um, Heidi and I have, we have known each other, known each other. For I figured it out. Izzy was in kindergarten, and she's gonna. She just finished seventh grade. Whoa! Yeah, yeah, that was that's... yeah. And I found Heidi on Etsy. Um, she was an artist on Etsy who was also an educator, which we'll learn all about later. Um, and um, I had her um, uh, do a an art project for our school that we were then selling out to the parents that involved artwork that the kids did and their photographs as well, which were beautiful. And we still cherish ours as well. And look at this. Now you're on a podcast with us and we're going to be talking about all the other amazing things that you're doing in the world. I can't wait. I, I love those kinds of connections and how they unfold through time. It's really, really cool. It's very So cool. thank you. Oh my goodness. Thank you. So let's start like we always do. What are we celebrating? I'm going to start. Yeah. <laughs> so it, weirdly enough, very much connected to our topic today, working through the butterflies. Um, I worked through some butterflies that I thought I would have and I didn't. Uh, so if you've been listening the last little while, uh, I've been taking an improv class. I've had 10 glorious weeks with 10 glorious people. Um, and uh, we put on an improv show. Uh, we did it in front of friends and family. And when I first heard, um, you could check that out when I first heard back on a few episodes ago, uh, that we were going to have a recital. I was freaking out. <laughs> like, seriously, who puts a bunch of like newbies in on a stage with hot bright lights in front of people um, to try to be funny and do improv. I thought that was crazy. And if I wasn't scared enough of just going to the class, I was terrified thinking about the, the recital and the show. Um, and uh, I did not have one single butterfly. Wow. Um, I know. Crazy, right? I am not a stage performer by any stretch of the imagination, which is why I took improv in the first place was just to get more comfortable being spontaneous and, and talking like I know how to do. Oh, I'm just awesome. finding the irony in that as you're live talking <laughs> and being spontaneous. But it's, it's very different. As, as an introvert, like this is fantastic conversation, right? Really, we're just like three people having an intimate conversation and a couple of people drop by or happen to be eavesdropping right in the hall on our conversation. It's very different than in front of 150 people when you're delivering a keynote or right or training or, or a workshop. And uh, yeah, but 
I'm, I'm celebrating the lack of butterflies. Um, I'm not sure what happened, um, but I know that I'm going to be doing it again and again, because I think now I'm a little bit addicted uh, to all of that. So yeah, fantastic lack of butterflies. Shoo. That's great. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Heidi, what are you celebrating today? Um, I'm celebrating three things that kind of, they, they hold hands. Um, my son just recently graduated from high school and that's really exciting and like, whoa, where'd that time go? And then I am celebrating. I just, just yesterday started this new course called, um, body beloved immersion, where I'm really paying attention to being in partner with my body um, and what it needs. And and the third thing I'm celebrating that connects them all is um, one year since I decided to do something different from being an educator. And the reason those are related is I think about, I I didn't really think through that, um, that it would give me the opportunity to be really present for my son at graduation. If I were still in my education job, that would have been a very different experience um, because it's just busy in your own school. Um, And then um, I also would not have had the time to take this workshop that I started taking yesterday. um, And I wouldn't have had the bandwidth to really immerse myself. So I am celebrating sort of this year anniversary and just recently what my changes have brought to my world and my family's world. So there's a lot to celebrate there. Love it. I, I just love that. It just feels so warm and wonderful and the synchronicity with all of those different things and how they do support each other and then support you in, on your journey. So that's beautiful. Mm. Yay. Well, I am celebrating that it is now the second week in a row that I um, am recently back from New York City. Um, And although I am energetically depleted um, because uh, of doing all the things and also just being surrounded by so many people, um, add to that, you know, smoke there. Well, the smoke there was just a lot of pot. And the smoke here (laughs) is wildfires. So um, it's... A little bit hard breathing is also um, energetically depleting. And yet, and we were talking about this backstage, I I am both energetically depleted and lit up. Um, It was incredibly meaningful to be there during Pride. Um, I got to be there. um, We as a family got to be there with my dad, who, um, who was gay. And got to celebrate him and his husband, who was not unfortunately um, able to be with us. Um, But it was joyful to be back in the LGBTQ plus community, um, just to be there with in all of that. It was something I really needed and didn't know I needed. And to return home and to understand that I have built my own dream team here. I talk often about creating a dream team of support systems. And I was able to see my acupuncturist and my osteopath and talk to some people that can help me physically take care of myself because Heidi, as you're talking about, right, having that time and that ability to take care of the vessels that we walk around in, it's something that I've taken for granted for a long time and something that I don't want to. So I'm celebrating that I got to go deplete myself and now that I have my dream team to help me 
replenish myself and get myself back to to a state um, of vitality. Um, so I'm celebrating both sides of that coin, and it's I just it makes me happy, makes me feel whole. Um, so we are. Um, oh. <laughs> Apparently my mom's listening. I looked over to, at a comment and was reading that. <laughs> yes, I do hey, know about being, um, I think it's my mom. Maybe it's not. Um, but somebody did say that I know about being in the same school as the child, which is true because I, when I was at RPMS, there were plenty of things that I was not able to take part in because I had to be managing something um, when my child was taking part in it. I will say the benefit of also being in the same school as your child is you get to take part in things that you didn't have an opportunity to as a parent outside. Um, so that's that was pretty phenomenal. Um, and it was just confirmed that is my mom. Um, so <laughs> hi, mom. Um, we're now going to talk about Heidi. Um, I'm going to share a little bit um, about you and your background, and then we're going to let you share about yourself. So Heidi, yay. <laughs> Heidi has been a mixed media artist since she was a little girl, seeing the possibility of any type of material to create something new. She has early memories of making beautiful women portraits, painting their faces with her mom's makeup on paper. She made a full-size Miss Piggy head out of her paper mache to wear over her head in elementary school. I love that. <laughs> she taught herself calligraphy with a fountain pen in sixth grade because the letters looked interesting. And a year later, she hand-lettered wedding invitations from multiple teachers and even later hand-lettered awards and diplomas in high school. She designed and crafted her fluffy pink 80s prom dress. Rock on to that. My mom, hi mom again, made my um, prom dress as well. So I love that, that you did that. Um, after college, she fell in love with acting and directing. Um, and then Kind Finds was born when she started creating jewelry on a whim and kept exploring that medium. After 30 years as a public school educator, Heidi made the leap to being a full-time artist in July of 22, as she said, one year ago, just now. Currently, she creates a bunch of jewelry out of lots of different materials and keeps coming up with new designs, of which I drool over every time I see her post something new on Instagram. But who knows what she'll make tomorrow? Heidi, we are so glad you're here. I know that Louise always loves asking this question. Louise, what do you want to know? Well, Heidi, you were talking about like in your bio, beautifully written, by the way, is that you've always felt that you've been this artist. Um, yet uh, that wasn't the first J-O-B you jumped into. It wasn't that you were paying the bills with your art. Uh, you took a different path. Tell me and tell us a little bit about what that journey has been like and how you came back to this kind of full circle, um, doing something that you absolutely love to do. Well, thanks. I, that's, those are, that's a good question. So um, I graduated from high school in the 80s. And at the time, there wasn't really any opportunities that I saw to make a living as an artist. You, you, the only way I saw it, this is before you could be um, in advertising and all of that, you'd have to have like your own gallery or be put in a gallery. And at the time, you know, I was doing stuff that was more appropriate for gallery stuff than jewelry. I was doing like two dimensional and three dimensional art. Um, and so I was a little lost and I, I found my way to college 
just not like my parents said, you're going to go to college. And I'm like, Ugh, you know, and I, <laughs> I was like, but I didn't have an alternative. Like I didn't have anything else to say, no, I'm not doing that because I'm going to do this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just, I went to college um, and right away um, I just sparked as a learner. Like I was, you know, and I think I've always been a good learner, but the school system didn't jive with how I was as a learner. Um, and so something happened in me with this English teacher in college said, um, Heidi, like, what do you think about your writing? I was writing a personal narrative. I'm like, you want to know what I think about my writing? It's the first time someone have ever asked me like what I thought about my writing. And it was like in that moment that just something just it, like just cracked open in me. And so I started doing things like taking writing classes and then, um, you know, taking literature classes. And then, you know, uh, that got me into being an English teacher. And then, so I was always creating, like it, it just, the medium has changed. Mm-hmm. I've never, you know, like I never lost sight of creating. Like I never got the memo that, oh, you're, you're not supposed to create now that you're this age, you're not a kid anymore. I never got that memo, just always created, but the medium has changed through time. Um, And so I went into education to be a high school English teacher because I also wanted to be that teacher I wish I had and that supported people's um, unique learning abilities and also um, honoring what they, bring to the table in their uniqueness like the you know rather than not really caring you know like sometimes it's like I lived in high school I lived in the art room that's what I did I lived that's where I lived um and so I've always embedded art in my English classes always like visual art theater art um, music all of the arts have always been embedded I didn't know how to do it any other way because that's kind of how I breathe Um, And so, um, you know, at some point, like some things just kind of emerged where, you know, I felt like I just needed to create space. Like that's the best way I could describe it is I needed to create space. I just couldn't, I couldn't get clarity on anything. Things were just, I felt like I was in the Millennium Falcon. I was just going so fast and like, and I was like, what, where's that, where's that start? And like, just, it was just, I, I was like, I needed to get out of the Millennium Falcon and just see what would happen. And so um, I chose to step away from either temporarily or permanently, I don't know yet, that's still a question, um, from the education world and just create space. And um, the interesting thing about that is when I did that, you know, there were a lot of people who were nervous about my space and they, they wanted to fill it. Like, oh, I have this job idea for you. I, you could do this. And I'm like, I had to really honor that space. I'm like, I, this was a really, really challenging decision. Probably the most challenging, challenging decision I've ever made. And I'm not going to fill this space up just to fill it up. I'm going to keep the space to see what emerges. Um, and, and that's, that's what I did. And there was no guarantees on the other side of it, um, of, you know, going into, I figured this is where I would start is with my kind finds business. 
Um, but I, I know enough about myself that it will morph into whatever it needs to morph into. Like it will, you know, I just pay attention to invitations, like an invitation to come talk with both of you and everybody <laughs> else who's listening. That's an invitation. And I'm like, yep, I'm doing that. I'm going to do that. Um, and just really, that's, that's pretty much kind of in a nutshell. And now I really am going, like I'm just creating mostly. Um, and it's, it's also been difficult because I became like a business major, like overnight. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Amen to that. that. Yeah. You know, you're the creator, but you're also, <laughs> you know, like the person that does the taxes and like, you know, does all the, the, you know, advertising and the booking and like, you're like everything, like I'm everything for that. Um, which has been really actually refreshing for me. And I'll be at a live event and a customer will ask for, you know, can you do this, this and that? And um, I get to be a committee of one and say yes mm -hmm. or no. <laughs> I, I said, well, I just met with my committee um, and we decided, yes, we're going to do this. And they, like, they laugh. But being in education, lots of things go through committees. Yes. Not everything, but a, a lot of things go through committees. Um, and, you know, it's good to have things be shared experiences and to talk through. Um, but I think I was ready to be to be like, I'm just going to make this decision and I'm going to go with it. And I am, I am responsible for this decision. I'm responsible for what unfolds because of this decision. And I can change my mind and I can change pivot anytime I want to. Golly, that is so refreshing. So refreshing. It is challenging. It's incredibly challenging, but in such a really rich way. I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain it, but it's like, it's all on me, but it's all on me, you know, like, and I, I have support, but it's like, it, it's, that's good. Cause I get to live with the things that I created, you know, or I get to problem solve the things that aren't working and I can do it in real time. I can do it like right now. And that is super exciting for me. Well, Heidi, there. you used the word morphing earlier right? You said whatever this morphs into and kind of you were just sharing this metamorphosis, mm. right? Of, so I left and I had to become not only the creator, but the, the, the chief cook and bottle watcher. Like you have to do all these things and get an MBA overnight, essentially, right? By, by trial by fire. It's like, you have to do all these things and learn all these things. And so you're going through your own metamorphosis. And so I'm curious around this idea, right? We're talking about working through the butterflies today. As you've been going through this process, coming out of your chrysalis in this new way, what do those butterflies feel like for you? Um, so for me, butterflies are, they're a sign that says there's something kind of cool happening that you care about that you're not sure about it's it's sort of like it's like a little green flag on the play sort mm -hmm. of like hey there's something that is new that's like you know that seems to be you care about because I don't think we have butterflies about things we care we don't care about like at least for me 
if I don't care about it, like I don't feel anything about it. I don't, I'm like, eh, you know, whatever. Um, so the butterflies are, um, they're, they're just communication for me. And I have to uh, remind myself that to pay attention, to pay attention and not believe what some people might say butterflies are a warning. It's not a warning. It's communication for me. It's sort of like, hey, something's coming up. Like, and it's new and it's kind of, it's going to push you. And guess what? It also, you're going to learn a tremendous amount from this. And you know what? Because I'm the boss of me now, I can say no. I can say like, nope, I'm not interested in doing that. Like, I don't want to do that. Um, but the butterflies are there. Now they're just part of like the energy of of how expand and how um they're, they're also a reminder because they kind of come and go they they just for me they come and go they they visit and then i was like oh hello and then and then i see what they want to say and then kind of like work with that um but i think that they remind me and this is just my personal experience is to not hold too tightly onto the expectation of something, of a new experience. Um, and so the butterflies for me feel like, can feel like at times, like a constriction that's like, oh, we're gonna go on this roller coaster. We're gonna like, it's like we're going to the top and we're just about to like have our belly and our throat and like, ah. Um, and then I'm like, in that moment, I can feel some constriction. So a lot of times how I work through the butterflies is I just kind of release. I just like release, release my body, release like my expectations of what might happen. Because if I hold too tightly, then the butterflies just get much more intense and like not helpful. And then they're not really communicating. They're just kind of flailing about and not helpful way. Um, so, you know, that's when I know that sometimes the butterflies show up because I'm holding on too tightly to what I hope will happen or, and then, then I release, then I release my expectation of that and just trust that it's going to happen the way it needs to happen. And I will continue to show up, um, and be there for, all the signals that I get to listen to and, and say yes to and, and work through. Your, your story uh, is freaking out uh, half of our listeners. Absolutely. <laughs> right. I was thinking the same thing. Cause I'm like, I'm like the little recovery perfectionist in me is like, it's already tingling. And I'm like, I can just think about at, at least right? Two dozen people out there right now that I can visualize in my head that are like, no freaking way would I ever jump ship and not know what I'm jumping into. Like, there's no way. I wouldn't leave my job as a 30-year educator and just think, I'm just going to create some space. That's crazy. It, <laughs> um, yes, it was even for me, it was crazy. Like it was, I'm, I am the sole breadwinner of our family. 
the all the insurance, all of it. But here's the thing, Heidi. <laughs> it what now, Heidi and I are not like friend, like we know each other, we're friendly, we're acquaintances. We met each other eight years ago and have remet again. And what I know when we met, what however many years ago, that six, seven, eight years ago, whatever it was, you were talking about it then. Mm. You were talking, because, right, we were talking about kind finds, because I found you as an artist, but I knew you were an educator, and you were already entertaining this. So I think what gets lost very often, because I also jumped ship without a clue what I was going to be doing. I tried to believe myself there, but I did not. So, um, and yeah, it freaks people out. People have an opinion on what, like, like you said, Heidi, other people want to fill your time. Yeah. They want to make sure you're safe and you're okay. And that's lovely and wonderful. And that's mm -hmm. their fear and their lack and their scarcity showing up. That's not necessarily what I know what I was experiencing. And we also have to own that when it looks like we're just jumping or we say we just jumped without a clue, it's true. We may not have the answer, but the reality is we were feeling so constricted in that moment that our butterflies couldn't show up to show us the way yet. We had to make an ex an extreme cut in order to then allow that opening to know what the hell we could walk into next. And it's not yeah. for everyone. It's absolutely not for everyone, but no, it is some not. of us have it's, to do it. Right. I mean, I feel like it did feel a lot like someone was talking about the scene in like Indiana Jones and I was like, oh my gosh, that's what I'm was about to do. Where there's a, a scene where he had to believe that the bridge was gonna appear mm -hmm. when he yeah. takes that step. That he had to believe in it was like it was not there mm -hmm. when he's taking the step. I mean, it probably metaphysically was there, like, you know, because it was gonna unfold. But that's a little bit a little bit of like how I was feeling um, is just not know like I really did believe that the the bridge would be there that if I leaped that I would soar I really believe that and if not I figured that I would figure out how to get some kind of wings pretty quickly or how to like in the moment slow motion make that bridge like do something so that I wouldn't fall um, but I really there's a there's a tremendous amount of trust in that. And I mean, part of it too, is like right now with the job market, the way it is, like I could get a job anywhere. Like if I really wanted to get a job just to put food on the table, if like, if things really crash and burn, I could get a job. So there's a little bit of divine timing in that way. And that was always in that, like the back of my mind, like, you know, I was like, worst case scenario, I could, you know, I could go work at Target and I could just enjoy like doing whatever, like I could do whatever, you know? Um, so, you know, that's, that's one of the things that I think about that there was no way for me to know unless to do it. There was there, you can talk these things to death. You can rationalize them. You can make your grid charts. You can do the pros and the cons and the whatever it like, that's great reflective practice. And but at the end of the day, like you just, you just have to choose to do it or not do it. And for me, I'm like, I'd rather know and, and 
now I know, now I know that like, I'm still alive. I'm still kicking. Right. <laughs> still like I'm, I'm still here. And um, just so many cool things have emerged because of that. But I didn't know 100%. Like I had a feeling, a really deep feeling about that. But you're right, Kim, it, this, this has been something that has been the seeds have been planted along the way, like it. Um, it wasn't flipping a light switch. There is no flipping a light switch on these kinds of things. I don't think um, it might feel that way. It sometimes feels that way, but, but there's some foundation that's been created. And um, yeah. And to me, it's like, I, I'd rather try something and change my mind, which is okay to say that doesn't mean you've failed. That means you've changed your mind. You tried it on and it wasn't the way you thought that to me is as valuable as having something work out. Like it's to me that there is no difference. It's information. It's stuff that can help you move forward in your life. Um, so, so I was, I was ready for anything really. I was just like, okay, this is what, this is what we're going to do. So this is what I did. I did. And I did not ask permission. Mm -hmm. from from anybody about it I talked with my family about it because it impacted them um out of, like I just wanted to make sure that they knew where my brain was at um but I think it like with my parents I was like oh so I did this thing mm -hmm. <laughs> right? they're like um okay <laughs> you know so it's that you know I didn't even like my brother was like oh did you did you talk, did you talk with mom and dad about it? I'm like, well, I, what was I, what was I supposed to say? I don't know what, you know? So, yeah. yeah. What's well, funny because we can often own other people's butterflies and that can keep mm. us from doing what we feel is right for us. Louise, while Heidi was talking, I heard you in my brain about like trying on sweaters and all the data. I was that totally you thinking that. Yay. <laughs> It really is. You ever see like, like right while we're shopping and it's like, oh, like look at that sweater. Oh, it never fit me. It's really nice. Oh, but it would never fit me. Right. And you're like, oh, but I kind of like the color and maybe it looks good. And like, I'm not really sure. And so then you're like, okay, why don't we just try it on instead of like talking about it or thinking about it? Just try it on. It's just a sweater for crying out loud. Like we get to take it off if we don't like it. And it has to feel good and it has to look good and we have to feel good in it. Um, but it's just a sweater. If it doesn't feel good, like put it back. And that's what I see. Like we get so caught up in this, like I need the perfect sweater. I need the perfect job. I need the perfect career. I need the perfect next step. Uh, and and uh, this perfectionism, this perfectism that we practice over and over again. It's just not the way it is. Um, but we get stuck in this hamster wheel. But yeah, Kim, I'm, it's funny you say that because it is. It's like a sweater. It's like stop putting so much pressure on a gosh darn sweater. Well, and, and I think when oh, we think about, I'm sorry, Heidi, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like the metaphor of the sweater. Like I used to, when I was in high school, I worked at a clothing boutique. And one thing I know about clothing 
on a hanger or folded is there's a, you might think you know how that's going to look on you, but there's always surprises. Something that you think is gonna be sure in on like look beautiful on you. And then all of a sudden it's like, ooh, that doesn't, once you try it on. And the opposite is also true. Like that looks frumpy. That's gonna be like, that's just gonna like hang weird. And then all of a sudden it just like fits you like a glove. I witnessed that. And I think that that is true in life when you use the metaphor for these. So you might as well try it on because you don't know. You do not know till you try it on. Yeah. And we get stuck in this place where it's like, but I have to know, like I have to know before I try it on. Like I just have to. Those butterflies that you're talking about, I think folks um, feel it as fear, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, that's no no, that's too scary. Oh, no, I can't go on that roller coaster. That's too scary. Um, I can't do that. That's too scary. And it does. It It is telling you something. The thing that you're afraid of is the thing that's most important, right? Like you said, Heidi, the thing that's giving you butterflies wouldn't give you butterflies if it didn't matter. Yeah, I, I definitely believe that, um, it is, it is a signal to us. And I think sometimes we misinterpret the signal to run the other way and to shut it down. And to, to me, sort of like, oh, I better do that thing. <laughs> so I, I kind of go into it. And I was trying, I was just recently talking with a, a new person I met and um, you were just talking about, you know, um, like I am very comfortable with feeling uncomfortable. And so we kind of dug into that a little bit about um, what does that mean? And it's like, I don't, I still feel the same fear. I think everybody else feels like I, I still feel it might look to the other person, you know, to people who know me, my friends, my former colleagues, my family members might think like, Oh, Heidi just like, Oh, and does and does that thing. And it's like, that's a choice. I still feel that. I still feel that thing, but I've felt it so often that I don't really give it a ton of power to stop me from doing something. Cause I, I just was like, Oh, okay. It's, hi, you're there. Okay. That's nice. And then, you know, um, don't hold too tightly on that. And I mean, that's like doing the thing makes, makes the butterflies go away. Actually like that's what, <laughs> that's what makes them go away. It's like you actually do the thing and then you can choose like, I'm never going to do that thing again. It was very unpleasant, which mm -hmm. I've done. I've done things that I'm like, okay, well, good. Like, don't need to do I, that again. <laughs> I don't need to do that again. And so now I know I tried the sweater on, right. And it was not a good fit. And so there you go. Okay. That sweater is not my sweater. But, but at least I know. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting, right? Because I, I, I just had this conversation in with my group program. All of them were waiting to do something. There's something they each want. They're like, well, I have to wait until, well, I have to wait until, well, I have to wait until. Why? Why are we waiting? We're waiting because we're scared, because we're feeling the butterflies, because we're unsure, because we don't know how it'll turn out. Well, do you know how what you're doing now is going to turn out? And how is that working out for you so far? 
Right. Because very often when we have those butterflies, absolutely. I think you put it beautifully earlier, Heidi, they're communicating. They may be communicating fear and fear is okay. It's what you choose to do with that fear. You can choose to say, nope, that scares the shit out of me. I am not going to do that thing. But you're making a choice. You're making a conscious, intentional choice. You could also choose to say, whew, that's scary. I'm up for whatever that is because now I know that when I've done scary things in the past, usually it's not actually as scary as I think it's going to be. And it turns out okay most of the time. Sometimes it turns out great. Sometimes it turns out for shit. And then I get to do something else. I get to pick a different sweater. I get to pick a different job. I get to pick a different place to live. I get to pick a different partnership. I get, right? We give away our power when we listen to the butterflies and make them think that there's something that they're not. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. I think that, um, you know, I have this, this sort of this test in my brain whenever I feel that fear kind of coming up. And it's like the worst case scenario test in my brain. What's the worst case scenario if I do this thing or if I make this choice or whatever? And I always go to, will I die? <laughs> Please, is there blood? Is there blood? Right. Yeah. Then, I, then I go, will I be like severely injured and not able to recover? So that kind of goes right under that. And then pretty much if the answer is it's not likely, then I do it. Mm -hmm. That's, that is it. Like I'll say, am I going to die? Is there a great chance of death? And is there a great chance of really getting physically hurt? And then I also simultaneously believe that if you have enough embarrassing moments in your life, no single one will stand out. Like, <laughs> there you go. So it, a lot of times we risk embarrassment, right? Like whether it's, I don't know, like that's, that's something that I think is a fictitious risk, you know, that we're risking because like really no one cares that you did a silly thing really, you know, like, cause they're on to the next thing already. Some other silly thing that somebody else did if they really can, you know, like, and in my mind, like nobody's going to just single out one embarrassing thing I did. I mean, they could like talk for the next like three years and still not get through them all. Mm -hmm. So none of them hold a, 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 um, any power over me or like, it's kind of like, oh yeah, well I tripped and fell on floor that had no bump in it. I just did that in front mm -hmm. of a lot of people. And guess what? In about 10 minutes, something else is going to happen that is embarrassing. And I won't even remember that thing. So I'm just going to get up and I'm just going to keep going and I'm just going to do this other thing. And I just, that's, that really is my life. It's just kind of like, oh, was that supposed to be embarrassing? Because like, I don't like it. If it happens often enough, it's the same type of thing. It's like, if you try things often enough, it's no big deal to try things. Right. Yeah. If you listen to the butterflies often enough, when they show up, you're like, oh, yeah, I remember you like because you were here yesterday or you were here like, you know, three minutes ago and whatever. Like you just it's I don't know if it's I don't think it's muscle memory, but it's more like just not giving anything too much power to tell you no that you can't do this thing in life, you know, like. Um, I don't know, that's those are I really do do the worst case scenario 
thing. And I do say, am I going to die? And am I going to get really hurt? And if the answer is probably not, not any more so than any other thing I'm doing in my life right now, then I'm going to do it if I want to do it. What's the basis for cognitive behavioral therapy, right? We, we go in there and we, we take a look at where's the evidence, what are the facts, what do we know to be true, what, what is likely, what is not likely, and therefore then how do we empower ourselves to move forward? So one of the greatest things that ever happened um, from my job at the Montessori school was um, the principal at the time when I was hired, she was always saying this is a mistake-making place. And that went for not just the kids but for the staff. And to be, it was the first time as an adult that I was given permission to make mistakes and encouraged to make mistakes. And when you can start to embrace that, it's, it is so freeing. And you're right. Those butterflies show up because you're like, oh shit, did I make another mistake? Well, am I going to have egg on my face? And as you were talking, Heidi, what came to mind was in wardrobe malfunction, if we all go back to the, the wardrobe malfunction scene around the world, a wardrobe malfunction can be embarrassing, can absolutely define a career, or we can have it become an amazing PR opportunity, right? We can turn it into whatever we want it to. That mistake can be turned into whatever we want it to. Um, and, but it's, it's allowing ourselves to be in those positions where we're just doing, and if we make a mistake, we make a mistake. Yeah, it's, you know, Heidi, you were talking about when you started your own own business and you're, you're, you're the committee of one, right? And it's like, oh, hang on, let me check with the committee. Like we always are though, like in mm -hmm. all the places and spaces in our lives, we are the committee of one. We are the CEO. We're the chief cook and bottle washer. We're everything all the time. And the minute we forget that is the minute we get stuck in a relationship, we get stuck in a job, we get stuck in a place we hate, like the minute we forget. And I, I think, you know, what we're talking about here today is really about empowerment. It's about, right, building that trust uh, within yourself so that we can be the CEO of our own lives and just grab a hold of that wheel and, and take control. And what yeah. I love, Louise, is there is it's from that place that we get to craft. We craft our lives. Yeah. From that place when we, when we own our lives. Mm -hmm. yeah. Absolutely. I love that. And then anybody who witnesses that can also remember that they can craft their lives as well. Mm -hmm. Like it, it starts building beyond us. It's, it, you know, it won't look the same and it won't feel necessarily the same, but the empowerment is there. When you see somebody, um, you know, doing some things like that look like, wow, like that's really, you just did this thing. It kind of, in my mind, it inspires others to, to do things. And I know I'm incredibly inspired by so many people, like I didn't necessarily do this thing all on my own. There was lots yeah. of little clues here, here and there. And, and like, I'd hear little bits and pieces and the, you know, readings and like there, there was, there was all this support that people didn't even know they were supporting me. Just like people don't even know me that I might've just witnessed something. And it just, it just is those, um, that it builds that, um, capacity, um, to, remember, you know, that 
you have that within yourself as well. Like every one of us, this isn't just a, this isn't just a Heidi thing or a Louise thing or a Kim's thing. This is, this is in every one of us, this capacity to, to be, to live the life we want to live. Um, it doesn't mean it's easy. That's, that's like, it's, it's not easy, but challenging is where we grow. And I don't think that, you know, a lot of times we hear something that's challenging, we think it's bad, but that's not true. It's called a pleasurable challenge mm-hmm. where it's, it's still doable. Mm-hmm. We're still stretched, but we're not feeling like we're drowning. You know, like there's, there's that. Um, I don't know. It's pretty cool. Like I just listening to the podcast here when I was listening, I've like so many nuggets, so many things that just helped in, like inspire me and empower me. And like, you know, you, you don't even see my little face going like, nah, that's <laughs> you know, like just, I, I just know, I just leave from certain, like from conversations, just feeling like, okay, okay, I can do this thing, you know, like, I got it. And we like, we're doing that for each other, like all the time, without even knowing it at times, which is awesome. I love, I just love that. Mm. I love imagining your face beaming with the yay. And that's why we do, at the end (laughs) of each of these, that's why we do, what is your golden nugget, which we're going to do here in just a second, because it is, what is that inspiration? What is that thing that you're taking with you that you're like, oh, that was the good thing. Like the whole thing can be good. And what is that, what is that inspiration that you're holding on to? So what are our golden nuggets from today? What are our inspirations that we're walking away with? I'm just going to leverage right off of, right off of that. Cause I think it wraps it all up is, is that we never know uh, where we get our inspiration from, but also who we're inspiring. Right. And, and if we are staying small, if we are letting the butterflies, you know, drive the bus, if we're not trying every sweater on the rack, um, then we're not creating ripples um, and we're not taking part in anyone else's ripples either. And so that's just something that really resonated with me today. Um, And that's my nugget that I'm going to take and put in my pocket. So thank you both for that. But Heidi, before you share yours, I just want to share that we have Ryan over on LinkedIn who just shared that um, he's really loved the conversation today and thank you for inviting him. So Ryan, we're so glad that this has been a good conversation for you to be a part of. We're so glad for that. Um, And we'd love to know what inspiration you're taking. What is your nugget that you're taking away today? Heidi, what's yours from this conversation? Um, Well, when Louise was talking about sweaters... I think that is like, I think I might like kind of add that in my test of instead of like, am I going to die? And am I going to get hurt? I'm just, it's the thing I'm going to put right with that. It's, it's just a sweater. Mm -hmm. Try it on. And if it doesn't fit, that's okay. And if it fits, it's glorious. Whatever. It's just a sweater. So I'm that is, I'm taking that Louise as like that I know will just be like for me the butterflies will just be like it's just a sweater come on it's just (laughs) a sweater like really 
you know, and like you could even, you don't even have to try it all the way on too. Like if it's really way too tight, you know, like you just know, you don't know until you start getting it on and you might need somebody to help get it off of you. But I just love that. You you know what I'm talking about. Oh, what did I do? Yeah. But guess what? We're never in that sweater forever. If somebody has to cut it off of us, that's fine too. But, you know, like try it on. Try on the sweater. I love that. That's a good nugget. Amen to that. And I think mine is a combination of this. Um, just the beautiful way you said it is that the the butterflies are communicating. And that I, I love your philosophy of I just want to make all the mistakes I can in this lifetime. <laughs> just as many mistakes as humanly possible. That's awesome. I love that philosophy. <laughs> it's beautiful. Oh my goodness. Heidi, where can people find you out in the world if they want to connect with your brilliance and your beautifulness? Well, I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. No, I just kind of like go up, say hi on the street, like, hey. But, um, <laughs> okay, if, but if, if we're not in New Hampshire... Right. If you're not in New Hampshire, um, if you can go to my Etsy shop, which is um, HeidiKindFinds.Etsy.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram um, at HeidiKindFinds and also Facebook. Um, and I'm on LinkedIn as well um, under Heidi Power. And you can pretty much like if you Google my name, you will find me. I am not hiding anywhere. There is nothing to hide from. And so you can just reach out to me and I will respond because that's what I do. I love that. I'm not hiding anywhere. <laughs> I am. No. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Love it. Uh Thank you, thank you, thank you for showing up and um, just being you, sharing your story and creating some ripples with us today. Heidi, uh, we appreciate you and our listeners, we appreci appreciate you as well. Do we want to let our, uh, our uh, the listeners that we appreciate know what we're going to be talking about next week? Yes, absolutely. Because we're going to be talking uh, with Amanda and uh, next week it's about being your badass self. Uh, ties into some of the conversations we were having today. Uh, this all weaves together like one great big giant chapter book. Uh, I was going to say like it weaves together like one giant sweater. <laughs> it does as well. Because here we are, Kim and Louise, helping everyone create and craft a kick-ass career. Uh, that's what it's all about, right? Weaving it together, creating a sweater. Dry it on. Just try it on. Try on the damn sweater. Doesn't fit. Take it off. Heidi, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, we really appreciate you and we appreciate everybody else for listening in today. And if you're checking out the replay, let us know um, what your thoughts are, what your inspiration is. And until next week, have a good one. Thank Bye you, everyone. Thank you.